Welcome back to the Run Radio Podcast. My name is Trina Wilcox, and my guest today is just living by the motto of Run Radio, inspiring strides in business life and beyond. And it's Scott Schmoley with Century 21 Real Estate. Welcome. How are we doing today? We're we're doing all right yourself. Doing okay. Doing okay. Just hanging out at the office trying to get some work done, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me about that work and what led you to that work. I know you've got a lot of interesting strides that you made along the way to get to where you are. So tell me about that. Well, my real estate career started uh, like uh, five, six years ago, uh, five years ago when I moved back to Missouri. I grew up in Missouri, uh, moved away. I joined the Coast Guard out of high school and did 20 years in the Coast Guard. We can talk about that. But uh, I did when I lived in Florida, I, uh, uh, I was married and all that good stuff, retired from the military. And I got into I had a couple of businesses I was running. And then I also got into kind of flipping houses a little bit. Uh, me and a couple friends um, got my real estate license in Florida, but I wasn't like an active realtor like I am now. I was just using my license to help from do my own business so I didn't have to pay someone else to do it. Um, then I moved back here in 2019 and got into real estate. My family is in the mortgage business. Uh, my sister, my brother-in-law, my nephew, both nephews um, are all in a mortgage business. Um I didn't really want to do mortgages because I'm not a, I don't like being in the office a lot of times and sitting in front of the computer. I like to get out and do stuff. So um, showing properties was better. I got into residential real estate at first um, and I did that for about a year, a little, little less than a year. I did residential um, and I like residential real estate. I still do residential. I still help people find homes and uh, I don't list a lot of homes, only if someone really wants me to do it. Uh, most of the time, uh, I stick on the commercial side. I, 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 residential is more, I guess most people tell you the simple answer is residential is emotional. Um, it's very emotional. People are very emotional about, you know, the home they're buying. They're trying to plan it out for their family um, in their future. And, you know, they're making decisions based on that. I'm more, I've come more with a business background. So I like the business side of it where it's more about money. Can I make money? Is it benefiting me? Um, is it going to be successful? So that's kind of why I led, you know, it led me to commercial. Um, and plus a selfish reason is a lot of residential real estate is done on the weekends when people are off work where yeah. commercial. Yeah. I mean, that's what people do when they're, yeah. You know, they they look at homes in the evenings and they look at homes in the they're not working uh, on the weekends. And my friends and family were all going to the lake, yeah. <laughs> having fun. And I was showing houses. And <laughs> I, uh, so, yeah, I, I had a different perspective on that. So uh, I kind of switched gears about uh, about three and a half years ago and decided to get into commercial. And I uh, really love it. I love doing commercial real estate. It's a lot more satisfying for me. Um, I do a lot of leases um, where I lease spaces to small businesses and I like seeing um, people starting and trying to do the American dream, but owning their own business and all that good stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of what led me. I don't feel like I'm talking too much here. So No, uh, it's, it's good that's stuff. That's kind of what I, led me into commercial. I, yeah. I, I want to know like some of the things that people don't know about real estate, both sides of it, because I've been a... Um, shopper for the home, you know, and you think, 
all right, show me this house. Boy, what a neat job. You're just showing me this house. But like you're saying, you got to be ready at the drop of the hat when someone wants to go look at something or commercial wise, someone's looking for the perfect thing to make their dream business come true. But what are some of the other things we just don't know that we need to know if we're even thinking about going into real estate? Well, I think one of the biggest things on in, in both residential and commercial, it's all the same, um, are um, your expectations. One of my the most important part of my job is managing someone else's expectations um, because, you know, obviously budget, your budget dictates everything. So we all want to live well, not all of us, but most of us want to live in a big, huge house on property with the two dogs, the fenced-in yard, the four-bedroom, three-bath, beautiful home. Um, you know, depending on what part of the country you live in, most the average American can't afford it. Um, the way property values have went up and the way our incomes have not, uh, not to get into politics or anything like that, but, uh, you know, the average income in, in our area in Springfield is like, I think I read it was like $41,000, you know, for a family of, you know, family of three or four, you know, you're talking mom and dad mm -hmm. and two kids, you know, you're making mom and dad are making 40 to $60,000 a year on average in our area. And if you do the math on that, by the time you have a car payment and all your bills, you're not going to be able to afford that 3,000 square foot house. You're not going to be able to afford the $400,000, $500,000 home. You're going to be more in the $200,000 range. So managing those expectations with people is the hardest thing because that's some, some folks have a real hard time, you know, realizing that, that their income doesn't support what they want. And that's why a lot of Americans are in so much debt now because mm -hmm. they live outside of their means. They live, they want to live like the Joneses and their income doesn't support that. So one of the most important things, um, especially in commercial is, you know, managing someone's expectations of, okay, you, you want to open this business or you want to buy this property. Okay. So how are we going to buy it? You know, mm -hmm. and that's where, having the right connections in the, the lending world. Um, I meet with bankers all the time. I meet with loan officers. I meet with insurance. So these are all things that a good realtor needs to know is, you know, what, if you tell me right off the bat that you're making $60,000 a year, I can already tell you what kind of houses we need to be looking for. Yeah. So, yeah. And when it comes and that's to that's the most, that's probably, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say that that's um, that's one of the biggest things about being a realtor is just just managing people's expectations. And the next thing, you know, once you you get those wrapped tightly to where your my clients are, you know, accepting of what they can afford. And, you know, then we can move forward and find the nicest property, regardless if it's a lease or a building or if it's a home, you know, then we can move forward and start shopping. Um, but first thing we got to get your finances in, in a row, we've got to get your credit. Um, and that's another problem that most realtors run into is, um, and loan officers. And when I say realtors, I mean, we're kind of like the sounding board and we're, I, I look at it as my job is kind of like the referee and the coordinator. I put everybody together to make the transaction happen and kind of manage 
the whole process because you have loan officers, you have insurance people, you have title companies, you have inspectors, you have appraisers. I mean, all of this process goes into purchasing a home or a business. It's pretty much the same. Um, so managing all of that and keeping your client on track, the process is probably our most important job as a realtor. When you have people coming to you for their office space or to be their storefront, what percentage of those people are usually brand new, fresh entrepreneurs? Um, I would say in this area, probably 30, 25, yeah. 30% um, would be brand new people. Uh, I deal more with um, investors and um you know, small business people that are already kind of in it, but maybe 30, I'd say 30. It's, that's a good question because yeah, I never really thought of what percentage are brand new, um, but there's a, quite a bit. Yeah. What information could those people have coming to someone like you when they're like, I don't know what, what I'm after or what I need, but I need your help, but they don't know how to ask for your help. What could you say you need to have this in row, <laughs> this in line? Right. No, I understand. If you're talking about commercial, like for starting a business, uh, you know, the first thing everybody has an idea, you know, we all have ideas. We all sit around and I had, I had great ideas. I had um, an idea last year that I wanted to open up and I don't even want to, I'll say it, but uh, and it's still, a dream of mine, and I don't want anybody to steal my idea, but I mean, it's out there. Uh, spring, I grew up in wine country um, and worked in a vineyard when I was a kid. So I've always been into wine and that kind of stuff. So uh, I've always wanted to open up a winery here in Springfield in this area, um, a winery slash wedding venue slash event center, kind of a destination place. Yeah. And uh, my, my girlfriend and I last year, we're working together and we found a great location and it's still available. Um, but the problem is, is, and that's kind of where the expectation comes in is, you know, I had a great idea mm -hmm. and we both were ready to go. Yeah, let's do this. But then you have to go back to where my job is, is setting those expectations. So the first thing is, is it doable? Um, is that business doable? So you kind of got to do kind of a business analysis of the area, not to get too technical, but you got to kind of figure out if there's a need for what you're wanting. If you're, uh, you know, in Springfield, if you are wanting to open up a snow removal company, probably not going to do very well um, because we get one snow a year, maybe, maybe two. <laughs> Some nice <laughs> ice that. to go with that. So you, you know, I'm just using that as an example, you know, just kind of a crazy off the wall right. example. Like if you're opening up, you want to, you want to run a parasail boat or something, it's not going to work. Uh, right. So the first thing you got to do is figure out if your idea is doable. And then the second thing you have to figure out the money, the money's always the most, you know, they say the money's the most important thing. Everybody says, Oh, if you have an idea, you can make it work. Well, you can, but you have to be realistic again with the money. So yeah. you have to be able to sit down with somebody that knows, has a business background and can explain to you the taxes and the cost and the lease rates and business licensing and what you're getting into. So there's a lot of different business types. So, you know, each real estate agent, you know, in the commercial world, we have different types of business that we can focus on. 
like my, I have strengths and I have weaknesses just like everybody else. One of my weaknesses is restaurants. Like I don't know what goes into opening a restaurant. And if I had a client come to me and said, Hey, I want to buy, I want to lease a space and open a restaurant. I would refer them to somebody that has the business background of starting a restaurant because restaurants are one of the number one failing businesses in America because they're the toughest business to get into. And as you know, in any city, restaurants come and go. There's ones that are established and that stick around for years and years and years and years. And then the rest of them are, they're there for a year or two or three, and then they disappear. And you're like, what the heck, what happened to that restaurant? That was my yeah. favorite, favorite place. And you go, well, how many times did I go there? Well, I went once a year, you know, yeah, that was my yeah. favorite Valentine's Day or whatever. You know? right. Like there's one, I don't want to name the place here in Springfield because I don't want to get called out, but there's one place here in Springfield that didn't last a year, a very high end. You probably know what I'm talking about. Um, and the thing is, is the market doesn't dictate that type of restaurant in Springfield. There's high end eateries in Springfield don't last because, again, we go back to what's our average income. How many people can afford to drop 250 bucks on a dinner um, weekly? You say, oh, that's great for Valentine's Day and great for New Year's Eve. But there's 363 more yeah. days you have to be open <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to pay your clients or your customers and your your staff and or not your customers, but your staff and your management and all your insurance and taxes and blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, I would refer a restaurant owner to someone that and I know a guy at another company actually that does restaurants a lot. So, you know, uh, my strengths are, you know, small businesses, uh, you know, anything that's, you know, a lease space or somebody that's just starting something small. Uh, that's something I can help people out. And, you know, getting the, I think slowing people down is the most important thing. Uh, everybody wants to rush into things. Um, they have an idea. And it was just like going back to the winery thing. I went and met with, we found a location, we visited the location and we both wrote down these books of ideas. And, and then I went and spoke with a lender because of the money that was needed and just to get the capital to start the loan was not in my grasp. It wasn't, oh. I didn't have, I don't have the money to do it. Mm -hmm. And the cash is, I mean, you can get a loan if you have good credit and you pay your bills. Yeah. You can get a loan most of the time. The problem is, is having the capital up front that the banks want down because most banks right now, the way we're sitting or they're 10 to 20 to 20% down cash to get a loan to start a business to purchase a property on the commercial side so if you're looking average of 20 percent and you're looking at a million dollar property you're at two hundred thousand dollars right that you got to have in your pocket mm -hmm. that you can go mm -hmm. here's 200 grand <laughs> yeah yeah of my money you know and you know some people will get creative and put their house up and they'll do all this um I don't recommend that because, you know, if you lose it all, you lose it all. I mean, you're yeah. playing a house of cards, you know, yeah. that's where, where a good real estate agent and a good lender will come in and basically talk people out of stuff. You got, most people think that we are um, trying to get, get it done. My, I spend probably 60, 70% of my time talking people out of things going, no, dude, that's, that's not going to work. It's just not. Yeah. I wouldn't do that myself. So if I'm not going to do it myself, I'm not going to advise someone else to do it. No. Yeah. All right. So we talked about the 
new business owner, and you talked about also working with a lot of experienced people. What do you wish they would come to you with that they don't often do? <laughs> Look, uh, uh, the experienced people. I, oh, yeah. I, I think, uh, uh, man, that's a tough question. That's a good one. I think all of the information, um, ah. a lot of times people, um, investors especially, keep everything on the on the down low as the cool kids say you know they okay. keep it on the dl yeah um, <laughs> and they don't they don't tell me everything uh... and a lot of times i'll do a bunch of work for them and then get the bomb dropped on you that oh by the way i'm doing this <laughs> or i did this um so i think uh yeah i, I think providing all of the information would be being upfront and honest um, would be the biggest thing, I think, um, of what, you know, they should bring to the table, I think, because a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot, I should say some investors are, they're savvy investors, so mm -hmm. they play the cards across, they play all the cards. So if I'm charging a 3% commission for my services, then they might, um, shop someone else and say, well, he'll do it for two or he'll do it for one without letting me know that. And then if I don't have my, all of my paperwork in a row, um, as far as agency agreements and all that stuff, then they can just walk away. And I then stand there holding back going, hmm, what happened? You know? Yeah. So I learn as I, you know, as the more, more experience I have, you know, I used to do, we have, um, what's called an agency agreement, um, which I do with every client and which basically hires me you know it's, it's a paperwork trail that hires me and then we discuss commissions and payment and all that stuff which is a big hot topic in real estate these days is commissions so we make sure that that's upfront um and straightforward as far as commissions and fees um what it costs and then i have a written agreement signed by the client before i go out there and hit the payment for it because i've done it without it before mm -hmm. um and gotten burned yeah um and people have just walked away and then somebody else. And so, yeah, I mean, it's so that, um, and then that's a good question. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, that's a tough question. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I think it has a lot to do uh, a lot of times, you know, fin financing seems to be usually is the issue. The money always, the money always, you know, dictates what we do, obviously in, in yeah. investing and, and buying buildings for whatever purpose. Yeah. You mentioned that you are, you feel like you're at a place where you know your strengths, you know when to pass something off like a restaurant to someone else. Did it take you a while to get to that place? Were you at first like, I'll take everything and then you had to get burned a few times or were you pretty good at getting into the stride of knowing where your boundaries are? No, were? I think in, in the very beginning, I think most real estate agents are the same way. You're eager. It's just like anything in life, you know, you, you, you jump into it with both feet and then you're motivated and you want to help people and you want to make money. I mean, you want to do everything you possibly can every day of the week. And then with experience comes those, yeah, you get, you learn through time what you should have asked up front first, instead mm -hmm. of saying, you know, you get excited, especially in my world where, you know, I'll have people that are wanting to buy a $5 million building. Let's just throw that. I'll just throw a number out there. Um, 
and they come to you and they say, yeah, I want to buy this building. It's $5 million. And then you, you're not supposed to as a realtor, but the first thing you do is you do the math in your head and you go, Oh wow. That's a lot of commission right there at 3%. You're going, yeah. Whoa, that's going to make my year, you know? And so you get eager about it and you jump into it both feet and you start calculating those numbers in your head and you try not to. And every, every broker in the world tells you not to, and every experienced real estate agent tells you not to don't count your commissions. Don't do that. Take care of your client. And it takes a while for a, a young, but when I say young, I mean, young in the business, a, uh, age because I'm 50 I'll be 53 next next two weeks oh my god but uh so you know it takes a, a younger agent in the business a little more time to to set back and look at the deal and say okay yeah you want to buy this but this is what we need to line out first so I think vetting your clients um a little more harshly is um and when I say harshly I don't mean mean I mean you need to make sure that they can do what they're saying they want to do before you yeah. even spend the time or waste the other agent's time or the listing agent or even the clients that are selling the property before you request numbers, before you do any of that, you need to bet your client and get them pre-approved for the purchase through their lender and get all of that done up front. So that way, when it comes time to look at the property and make offers and do all that other stuff. We already have the money lined out. So getting the money lined out is the most important thing, especially in the commercial world. Before, because if you're working on, I'm working on a deal right now where we're trying to purchase a property and my folks are with the lender, working with the lender. They've been working with the lender for two weeks and probably be another week or two before we find out if they can even do the purchase that we're working on. So during that process as a, real estate agent you have to be patient and that's one thing i'm not is patient yeah. and it's hard for me to wait and i'll and i'm good friends with the lender so i call them you know more than i should you know like where are we at where are we at and they're always like well scott just chill out you know um and i call my client where are we at you know where are we at on these documents where are we at on these tax documents that you're supposed to provide i'm working on it you know and so the more I do it and the more experienced I become, the more I can hold back and say, okay, you guys are working on it. I'm going to go do something else until you get a hold of me, you know? So um, that's one of the hardest parts right there. Could you talk a little bit about, I feel like, I don't know if it's just a trend or what, but I feel like every time I turn around these days, I hear people saying real estate investment, that's what you need to be doing with your money. Tell me about this. Is it more of a trend or am I just noticing <laughs> it more? What's going on with this? Well, it's, it got hot a, a few years ago. Uh, okay. I mean, real estate investing has always been around. People right. have always been investing in real estate and a smart investor can do very well. Um, obviously people can do very well. And it's just, it's like anything else. If it's, if you think it's a get rich quick scheme, then just, just, <laughs> remember the last word scheme that's all you need. if it starts with get rich quick yeah nobody gets rich quick no. the only people that get rich quick are if you have a lost uncle or you hit the lottery <laughs> which is you gotta live in california no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. Sorry. Um, 
but there are no get rich quick schemes. There are, there is no way to get rich, make money without doing the work and learning the processes. Um, smart investors that make real money and in real estate have been, most of them have doing it for a very long time. They have the capital that can buy the properties and they have the processes that know um, what needs to be done. The issue with investing in real estate is you either, you have to have two things. You have to have knowledge of the money. So if you have the knowledge to where you can buy a house and flip it, because that's like what a lot of you get on the internet, Facebook, TikTok, there's a thousand videos. There's a thousand people that'll tell you, yeah, flip houses, flip houses, flip houses. Well, that was great two years ago, three years ago when the interest rates were 2.3% and you could borrow money basically for free. Mm -hmm. um, and you could, and there was a lot of homes that needed to be flipped. There are a lot of homes that needed to be ripped up and resold. In our area in Springfield, most people know where those areas are. There's the low income areas. There's homes that have just been neglected. Um, there's older neighborhoods mm -hmm. that were nice homes. Um, you know, 30 years ago, they were top of the line homes, but they're outdated. Uh, they still have linoleum floors and brown cabinets and yellow carpet and green walls, you know, with paneling. <laughs> so, which was hot in the seventies and, yeah. you know. And, Harvest golden avocado. But, yeah, there you go. Golden <laughs> avocado. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so, you know, the investing side, I'm not a real estate investor. I don't invest in real estate just because I do real estate. And I know yeah. that there's a lot of, there's a lot of risk. Okay. Um, um, there are, there's a ton of risk in investing and you have to have, you got to have money, um, to put down and then you have to have the knowledge of what needs to be done in that house. I have a good friend of mine that is, a, he flips houses. He's a real estate agent. He buys houses and flips them and rents them. And he does great. He, but he also does most of the work himself. He goes in and guts the houses and they rip the carpet out and they put new flooring in and he busts his butt every day. Um, and he makes a good living at it. That's mm -hmm. what he wants to do. You have to be, you know, you have to have the knowledge and the crew. You have to have the people that, you know, you got to put a roof on the house. You got to rip all of them. And when you start ripping these old houses apart, you never know what you're going to get into. Um, you get into plumbing issues. You get into HVAC issues, big expenses. And you have to be set up to handle that. I'm not set up to handle that. I'm not a contractor type person. I'm not going to go in and work on a house. I'm not going to do that. Uh, my dad did that his whole life and, uh, you know, worked himself to death. And yeah. that's not me. Uh, <laughs> and then the flip, the other side of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if you're doing homes and then you have, you know, when the market was hot, yeah, you could flip them and sell them. They're under contract within three or four days. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the way it was working two years ago because the market was, crazy interest rates were crazy low people were buying i mean almost like i went to when i was doing residential real estate i went to a house in battlefield i just remember that's when i first started really doing residential started really doing it hardcore and i went to a showing and i remember my, my client was they loved this house and i looked at it he was in battlefield it was a four three you know 339 370 something like that Two-car garage, fenced in back, brick home, beautiful house. Photos were great. And we turned the corner to go down. It's on Cardinal Street. I'll never forget it. I turned the corner, 
and drive down Cardinal Street and the street is full of cars. And I was just like, and the showings were from two to four, they were doing showings, open house kind of deal. Uh -huh. And I turned down the street and I looked at my client, they were riding with me and I was like, what? Somebody's having a party down here or something. You know, we made a joke about it. And we got to the house and there was literally 50 people standing in the front yard wanting to look at this house. And I was just like, what in God's name is going on right now? So that's how hot the market was. People were literally fighting over these homes. And, wow. you know, $370,000 house, people were fighting in the front yard. Not literally, but, you know, they're like, right. oh, my God. And I, I walked past all of the people and all the agents with my client. We walked right in the front door because it was, I looked at my watch, it was like two o'clock. So we just walked in. And the agent that was standing inside, she looked at me, she's like, oh, I thought there'd be more people show up. She goes, you're the only one I've seen so far. And I said, have you looked out in the front yard? You opened the curtain. She's like, oh, I won't say what she said. But yeah. <laughs> like, no. yeah, but it was like, holy. And uh, I said, well, we're going to go through here real quick and then we'll be out of here, you know. And, wow. you know, I was going to we were going to put an offer on the house. But I think by the time it sold, it was like thirty, forty thousand dollars over cash. Wow. Yeah. So when you. Right. So when you're investing and you see that kind of market, you can buy homes and flip them and yeah. you can get 30, make 30, 40,000 dollars of profit. Well, that was three years ago. You can't do yeah. that now. A market, yeah. the house sits on the market average 30 days now. So, and then when you get to 370, 400, $450,000 homes, go back to the median income for our area, your buyers are diminished. And everybody says, oh, people from California and the East Coast, everybody's moving here. Well, yeah, that's true. They are, but not right now the way the interest rates are because everything's leveled off and has, you know, we're at six and a half. I mean, five and a half to seven, I guess, is where we're at, which is still a great interest rate for the buy at home, but it's not 2%. So, and so that's, that's the thing. So when you're investing in real estate, you better be prepared to sit on that money, on that property, that investment for a while because you might be stuck with it for a while and you might buy a house and do you know you might buy a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house and put fifty thousand in it so you're in it to, for 200 grand and you might have to sit on that house for three or four months before you make a penny yeah so you better have some capital to back yeah. it you know what yeah. i mean so you yeah so yeah i'm not saying i love investors i want everybody that <laughs> everybody should invest in real estate and give me a call but we need to have a real conversation about, you know, where are you getting your money from and how much do you need that money? Can you sit on, you know, $50,000 cash out of your pocket and a mortgage payment that you're going to have to pay and you're not getting any money coming in uh, from that property? So, and then that's what you have to think about. So that's what you have to sit down and, and again, you have to look at, you know, is it right for you? Your expectations. Manage, it all managing those yeah. expectations. <laughs> managing your expectations. I need to put that like right up. Yeah, that is your, your slogan. <laughs> Scott Schmoley, managing your expectations. Manage your expectations. I love That's my it. new thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for yeah. sharing some time talking. If somebody is ready to take the plunge, tell them how they can get in touch with you. Um, yeah, sure. Um, it's real easy. Um, you can get me. There's. Facebook Messenger. <laughs> the easiest way is call me. Uh, Scott Schmoley Real Estate. Uh, it's 417-350-7662. Or you can call the front desk at Century 21 Integrity Group here in Springfield, Missouri. And reach out anytime you want. 
And yeah, you can call my cell anytime. I don't care. 10 o'clock at night. I'll answer it probably. Uh, oh, not, I'll call you back. Uh, yeah. So that's the easiest way you can email me. It's at scotchmole at gmail.com. Uh, S-C-H-M-O-E-L-E at All gmail.com. Right. Thanks for sharing some insight with us, managing our expectations and come back anytime. Yeah. Be sure you're listening and following along at runradio.net.